Hello and welcome to ATM World News. I'm Leah and it's great to be with you, the viewers all around the world. Today, wow, what a show we have for you. We have with us, as you can see, the Cowsills, three of them, three of the siblings. Today, Bob, Woo! Paul, Susan, uh, we are so thrilled to have them today and for those who don't know, uh, wow, they had a string of hits during the late 60s and early 70s. The Partridge Family TV show based it off of this group here. And they had a major hit, got a gold record with the Rain in the Park and other things, which most people today just call it the Flower Girl. I love the Flower Girl. You remember that song? I mean, groovy. And this chick here, Susan, man, she could dance uh, to all that. So with that, I'm going to throw it to the three of you and say hello. Hello. Hey, gang. How you doing? Hello, world. We love it. I love the word world. We have the world behind us. Uh, I mean, you're 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 like creative man i mean well, you all are coordinated uh, you were um a very uh, promoted group in terms of tv shows because we were a family our moms in the group susan's seven years old and dancing so cute all the time that we got on a lot of tv shows all of them from all ed sullivan them. through all the crap musicals mike douglas and uh, mike so douglas that's what a that few times right like so some of yes. them yes johnny carson Tonight's show, we did them all. Bunch. Wow, how did you all deal with you know the demanding flow? I know you were with your siblings and your mom, I'm sure that helped, but still, how did you cope? What were your coping mechanisms? Um, I can tell you it was the love of doing it, yeah. I mean, it, it was just way too much fun for us, you know, no matter what was happening in our world once those shows started. Any show, any stage, man, we were happy and we were just out of our minds. I mean, if you think about it, like think about being a, a family, think about you have four kids and every day they go to school or let's say it's even summer and they don't go to school. So every day you get up and you have these kids and they want something to do. You have to come up with stuff for kids to do. I mean, back in the, so, so you, so we are a family and they have given us the funnest thing in the world to do, which is every, like, you know what I mean? It's like going to a party almost every night. So I think as kids, the way I translated it was like, oh, this is like going to the circus, only I'm in it. So maybe because we were so young, it appeared more that way for me. Go, Bob. And, and also, we did this willingly. We pursued this. We dragged our parents. We were going to drag everyone else into it. Mm -hmm. But this was our gig and our thing from a young, young age. Eventually, the parents started listening and, hey, they're pretty good. But this is us. We never dreaded the next show. We welcomed it. We never dreaded the next tour. We welcomed it. The next TV show, we welcomed it. This is what we did. It was our happy place. Still is today, by the way. Our yeah. happy place is doing all of this. And Much I mean fun. If you think about it, I mean, you know, once because it was our happy place and even though families evolve and most of them just grow up, go to high school, go to college, get married, leave, boom, one after another, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. That didn't happen for us. So once once we I knew that something like that was going to happen, frankly, I wondered what I was going to do after this. What do people do, you know, to have a good time? <laughs> yeah. So, and and the know, evolution 
the evolution of our band and our musical group is what we were focused on and concentrated on. Side by side to that's going to be the evolution of the family and how that's going to accommodate the evolution of the musical group. And that's going to cause a lot of a lot of stuff to happen. But but the bottom line is that the the headline and the front runner of all of what we were doing was to get on stage and perform and record music and, and make music. That's what we wanted to do. Wow, and you did it well. I mean, your sound was incredible. How did y'all perfect that sound? It just came naturally as siblings hearing each other's voices or we deep in a in a dungeon in a scientific <laughs> laboratory <laughs> creating I yeah. I was a seventh sound. We were <laughs> DNA, we were DNA fortunate. Let's call it that DNA fortunate. I don't know. But we yeah. all were born with the DNA to sing, to perform, to play musical instruments. I mean, your gene pool is your gene pool. And we got all these uh, ones that made it easy for us as children to learn how to do this stuff naturally. We never learned how to read music, write music, but we listened because back then you had the radio and the records. That's the end of it. You're not going to see your favorite group in your hometown usually. You'll see them on a TV show if they can get on it. You can see them in a teen mag if you want to read a teen mag. But that's it. I just went through all of the ways you could find us back then and how we learned songs and how we we heard the Beatles before we saw the Beatles. We learned their songs before we even knew how they did it. But that's how it was. You're on your own back then. There's no Internet, no resources, no Ooh. nothing. The radio and the records. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. And that's why it says a lot that uh, you made it so big when there was... You know, not you didn't have the advantage of the internet and and things like that. But that sound, you know, you'll find a group now and then where that sound. You just say, "Whoa, that's just so different." And and I think you were, my personal opinion, your sound was uniquely different than a lot of other groups that were swirling around back then. And I think that people gravitated to the harmony type of harmony you had. And when you hit that. That awesome sounding song, you know, the rain, the park and other things about the flower girl that kind of made people happy. Wow, that was a real ringer. You know, what what kind of um, what kind of feedback do you personally still get today on that song? Oh, my gosh. Uh, everybody has a story here about about hearing about uh you know a guy will come up or a gal and go oh well you know it was a guy with me actually and it happens a, a lot more than not and it's uh they were on their first date they were um having their first kiss you know and i think it can go on and on from that but uh, everybody has and that's the beauty of music everybody has a moment in their life where that song, you know, was out. And a lot of people have, you know, said, Oh, it was the most beautiful song. This, I, this was happening when, you know, when that song was playing. Oh yeah. The thing that we, was unique about our band was that we weren't singing about the time. We weren't singing about our time capsule. We were living it. Yeah. So when we come out with the rain, the park and other things, we're dealing with the Vietnam War. We're dealing with civil unrest. We're dealing with racial unrest. We're dealing with bad economy. All the stuff that's going on today, even some uh, in many places, we were dealing with that as uh, young children, as uh, middle teenagers, as our parents were dealing with it. And uh, so 
we were living the time that we sang during and that made it authentic and uh look it's nothing you're doing intentionally we're not in there in the studio with the rain in the park and other things going oh we're going to sing about the hippies and the flower look it's just a great song and we're young and, and we're embracing this whole thing and yeah we were kind of a breath of a, a fresh air in 1967 with all that was going on yes you and, were and also though uh um to bob's point uh, Artie Kornfeld, who wrote that song and produced that song, was a flower child. But, I yeah. mean, he he was he, that was his you know expression of his time and how he wanted that yeah. '60s to be. And he was he was truly he a, was beautiful, he is a beautiful guy. Hippie. Yeah, he is. He's, he's love, love and understanding. That was Artie. Yep. Uh, Artie. That was cool. Podcast soon. Go ahead. How how did you all feel when your mom joined your group? <laughs> well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I was in first grade, so it's not going to be episode two on this podcast. No. Well, um, Bob, Susan, let me just say this one. Have... Let me just say this one thing. Um, uh, and Susan, you, you might agree with me, but you, you, you were you were actually all the way in there. But mom, so the band, the councils, there were the four guys, you know, for a while there, and they were doing their thing, and um, and then all of a sudden, you know, and I was out on the outside, and Susan, we were just all looking at it happening, and we were all a part of the movement and the growth and the forwardness of it all. But man, when all of a sudden mom's in the band, man, I look around the room and I go, well, heck, if she's in the band, anybody can be in the band. And so everybody jumped in the band. And I was trying to get in that band just as a little yeah. punk kid. I mean, yeah. four on, bugging them. They're in the rehearsal room. I, I can't imagine how, I can't imagine what they had to put up with. Because I was like, I want to do it. And they're like, we hate you. Go away. Because I'm a little tiny kid now. And it's really no. I have oh, no we never said that. Well, but, they never also, that, but they did say go away. Well, you were a girl and you were our girl's sister. Yeah, and, I'm not you know, blaming but any... at the time, girls weren't in bands. It was <laughs> all about four. It was revolutionary. Your mother was revolutionary. Well, that is <laughs> because look, truth. man. Candidly, and Paul mentioned the four brothers. Okay, so four of us are trying to do this. We're getting signed to labels in the 10th, 11th grade. We're getting dropped from labels. We're putting records out. They're not going anywhere. Our, our egos and self-esteem by the time I'm personally a junior in high school has been destroyed by all. And so, but you keep going because it's what we knew how to do. Now, when they added mom, we had no successful track record to speak back at and say, what are you trying to kill us? You know, putting our, no, no mothers in a rock group. But immediately, we aren't the Beatles. Immediately, we're not like any other group of the time. Just like that, with that one move, we became different. And the talent was always there. The sound was always there. But now we had a package supporting it that really got some attention with mom in the group. So uh, we give her kudos for launching us with our first hit record and opening the doors for the rest of the family to come in and say, this is a family affair. And every time we it's added another family, family member, the vocal better, better, better. And if they were the young ones coming in, the vocal stack got higher. And if the mid range guys were all coming in, now we got something to work with. And that was a pretty cool evolution. It was, that really was cool. 
Well, you all had, and you all were a creative thought. I mean, you created this your own to the point where, hey, they're thinking, let's do a TV show based on this, you know, because it was your own original creative thought. You, The group was, it was new, and it was attractive to see it in a family view. I mean, people ate that up, and um, that was really a great break for y'all. How long did this run for you? How many years were you doing this? Since like 71. Yeah. The heyday was let's let's look, we did it since we were seven and eight year olds. Okay. If you want the, the long answers, we did it, we've been doing it our whole life. We've never stopped. But you're referencing, uh, you know, our spike in popularity was anywhere from 66 to 71, where that's our wheelhouse right there in terms of TV shows and fame and hit records and all those things you search for that you don't search for when you're an older artist because you had them, you'd like them again, but it doesn't motivate you. You know, our dad hit the streets in 67 to get a deal, a record deal, because back then you needed that. They brought everything to the table, the record company. Now everything you have to bring to the table today, you have to do so much for yourself. Um, so, you know, it, it was a different approach back then. And we were very fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time because the talent was always there. And as American Idol or any of these TV shows show, there's talent all over the country. Right. So we're fortunate. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be noticed. Absolutely. I have a personal question just because I'm curious. You did the Ed Sullivan show. He was quite a character. How was that? What I mean, tell me some behind the scenes stuff with that your yeah, show uh, with Ed yeah, Sullivan. Uh, I really want to know. Well, I'll tell you mine because mine will be the most innocent. Um, but like, I, I, I actually I enjoy my point of view because it's unique and uh, and unto me. But I honestly, I was kind of like a very aware little kid for whatever reason, and I was very aware of what was going on. And a lot of work went into this. And I knew who Ed Sullivan was. And when we were literally going to New York City and going to live there and be on Ed Sullivan, I really knew like Christmas kind of magic had occurred. I knew the kids in my neighborhood weren't doing this. I knew it. And, and Ed Sullivan is Santa Claus to a six-year-old, you know, and it's like, we're what? It's like everything was believable at that point, you know. It's like we're gonna, and then they would they they brought me back a picture of Captain Kangaroo on one of their visits to New York, you know. So my Ed Sullivan was like, I, I just I just knew this was a magic time, and I was excited. Gentlemen, then there's dirt. <laughs> Tell the dirt, Bob. Yeah. Tell the dirt. Well, look, Ed Sullivan back then. You had to be invited by Ed to be on the Ed Sullivan Show. Now, with our mom and our band, we're attractive, and we were right up this man's alley, and he did invite us. We signed a 10-show contract. It was, at the time, bigger than the Beatles. There have been many more bigger than since, but at the time, it was a big deal. And it was the top of the mountain also. About 8 o'clock Sunday night, everyone's in front of their television set, it's on CBS. Uh, that's why Captain Kangaroo was. That's why you got that picture, Susan. But we're all in front of the TV. You're not taping it. You're not waiting for Monday to review it slower so you can really study it. You got one pass at the Ed Sullivan Show. 
So, uh, but when you did it, it was live and the United States of America saw you. I mean, the spike was, it, it was crazy great as you would imagine. Now we only did two out of 10 shows. And Paul, <laughs> well, you want to tell why we only did two out of 10 shows? Yeah, I can Ed let her know back. this. I, let's let the world know this. And, and like so these because it was live, um, everything had to go just right. And as soon as the end goes, our cows, and then all of a sudden the cows were up there and there was no music and no sound coming <laughs> off the stage. And our dad, I was right beside him, our dad all of a sudden just jumped up and headed into the production room which it was just glass black glass around everything but once the lights were on in there you could see silhouette and man our dad was going crazy in there on a gentleman named barb bob precht who was ed's son-in-law but who was also you know the produce you know he was one of the producers of the show as well and so that's how we went from 10 the biggest contract ever to just two Mm. Ed, go, go ahead, Bob. Man, well, the other thing about Ed Sullivan show was you got to work with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra, so we got to meet Nelson Riddle. Now that was big to some of us because that was Frank Sinatra's guy. So I just want to do that as an aside that he came with the Ed Sullivan show, and that was a big, big deal. And the only other memory I have is going up the elevator with Bobby Gentry, who was yes. on when we were owed to Billy Joe. I'm like, I'm like 17. This is Bobby Gentry. She looks like she's six foot eight in a cowgirl yep. outfit. And I didn't say a word. I was so intimidated by her in that elevator. I said nothing. Yeah. I was and I had Bob a hit record at elevator. the time. In our heads, we were all in that elevator. Yeah, no you one, guys were like <gasps> gasping no one, air in. No one taught us like crazy. We had hit. Yeah. So that was meeting other artists at the time where we don't know or we don't think we're that big yet because uh, we shouldn't be thinking that, I guess. Um, they were always bigger than we were. And we were always in awe of the people we crossed paths with that were famous and we were yeah. kind of hobnobbing with a little. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, Topo yeah. Gijo, uh, got getting to see Topo Gijo for Ooh. me. Yep, you know, a little backstage. Uh, but it was weird. Because he was all laid Topo down with nobody Gijo. making him talk. And I was like, oh. Oh, <laughs> I love you, Silver. I don't know if he was just on the oh, set. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, he was we on the, the set in the back, y'all. I mean, I saw him. I'm like, I asked somebody, can and, I see Topo? Just so your viewers know, Ed Sullivan show, you hear about it from all of us 60s artists who got to get on it, how big a deal it was. But you need to know, this was a variety show. You got one song the first half and one song the second half. And all the other acts are... Guys twirling plates, circus acts, clowns, comedians, this and that. Yep. True variety. We were on the we were on the elevator, and the door opens, and the guy that's spinning plates is there, spinning plates, trying to get on the elevator, get back up on stage while the plates are still spinning. <laughs> that's hilarious. It is. I know. We love that act. Or as Ed would say, he had a really big shoe. You know, yeah, he had a really yeah. big shoe. A really big shoe. Oh, right here. oh wow, you do a oh, good imitation. That's great. Listen, thank you. I I oh, went with Susan. She knew she had. She knew you all had made it. If yeah. you all were going on the Ed Sullivan show, yeah, it was I a know. big. It was a big deal. It was a and, big honor. Uh, and and it is a big honor. I mean, it really was. It was something else. I know that you had. Um, 
uh, several opportunities to do other things and other shows, you know, after that. But oh, yeah. for back then, people, it was like the top of the top of the top of the top of the top. You couldn't get any higher than than doing uh, the Ed Sullivan. You had to be really something else on a stick to do it. And uh-huh. and he was particular. And I think that, it, of course, if your dad had to control his anger issues, we knew he had anger issues, that uh, you would have gotten your whole 10, but at least you got two. Here's a fun story. Go ahead. So there was a thing called Ted Mac Amateur Hour. Yeah. You, know, you remember that? Okay. Well, I think my brothers auditioned and got turned down, or was it not Ted Mac? What was it? Was it? Yeah. And so um, dad... Uh, sent um, Ted Mack a, um, a Western Union and told him to watch Ed Sullivan that Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. I think the Ted Mack Amateur Hour turn, turned that down, but there was Hold That Tiger, Hold That Tiger. Uh-huh. And that was another show like The Voice or what have you. Uh, what was that the name was of that show? Talent, no, Star of the Day or something. I don't yeah, know. I can't but no, I know, I know yeah. this happened. I remember Dad. You, you know, he was proud to say he sent he sent uh, him a, a a telegram. You know, watch my kids on Ed Sullivan. Yeah, oh. he was definitely a guy that was into "I told you so." Oh God, yeah, he would spend the money on the telegram for show for show. Oh God, it's so exciting. Yeah, like right. I said, it was a it had to have been a thrill a minute to be you guys. Um, and, you know, and and since it was so much fun, you know, I have talked to artists where they liked it, and looking back on it, they were happy and exciting. But it wasn't like um uh, necessarily everyone takes it like you were. It was so exciting. Yeah. Uh, they were all like, "Well, I'm kind of got nerves this you or something like that." But you guys were like, "Yeah, we're not nervous at all." <laughs> And and so many kids today, when you see them on some of the talent shows, America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, everybody's got talent. You know, they're kind of nervous, uh, but not you guys. You were real. No, confident. we were ridiculously confident. <laughs> I, I couldn't well, get over that because I, I could see that in the performances when people look at the videos. Funny, said, wow. Well, that, and that yeah, I mean, also though that 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 was who we were. You know, I mean, if when we were all together, yeah. it was a hoot. You know, it was, and that's the way it was, Get regardless if it was raining or the sun was out. Get up on that stage. Yeah. yeah. No one's telling us, get up on that stage and make sure you look like you're having a good time. No, like, right. no one had to tell us that. All no, right. we're kind of running we like we this. We still can't wait to get to the. We're running to the stage. Before. Shows are fun. Yeah. Shows are fun. Oh, wow. If you do a lot of shows, you realize why they're fun. You start the show and, and it's like an unknown. You're going to be done in an hour and a half, two hours, and you just don't know where it's going to go. It's a lot of fun shows. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So tell us, give bring us up to date. What y'all doing nowadays? Y'all have different lives. What's going on? Well, the councils. We yep. Good. Paul, you start. Just, just you in general. What you doing? Well, we've been playing. We do a lot of we do a lot of shows. We're almost at a hundred shows a year. And uh, but right now we're in the world of Christmas, and we have a brand new digital download only Christmas song called Christmas Time coming out. No, it's out. Is it it's out, out, Bob? It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out right now. So everybody, go out. It's a beautiful, beautiful Christmas song, like a real Christmas song, not like you know listening to 
rock around the clock and putting Christmas words to rock around the clock. This is Bob wrote this beautiful me melody and uh, and him and his wife uh, penned the, the lyrics. And um, and it's just a super. And then we all went into a studio in the hundred degree weather and did this Christmas song. And uh, yeah. And what and then we have uh, we have another song for the New Year's called uh, Some Good Years. And uh, if you listen to that, that's kind of answer your question Leah, about how come we're so happy because we kind yeah. of just remember the good times of everything. And, and, and that's the best way to do it. And then we have an acapella winter wonderland. We did uh, an, an acapella album will be coming out that we've already recorded, but uh, we took winter wonderland because that was the only Christmas song we did. And, uh, and we took that acapella and put it on with this EP. So you've got, you've got three cards, great see? And yeah. you can go to Council's at Facebook, Council.com. Omnivore Recordings is our record company. They, The links are all there to find this. It's digital only. and But we're really in, in, in a bigger way. You know, Christmas is December 26th and New Year's. It's all going to end. And then we're back on our Rhythm of the World. That's our album That's that we right. put out this year. It's a year old. Um, we're very proud of it. It's gotten critically acclaimed like bonkers. And there's a lot coming down the pike regarding uh, the councils and all of our material. Uh, but right now we're, it's time for Christmas time. And then we're going to be back on the road February 8th in Vero Beach, actually December 19th in Tomball, Texas. Yep. Oh, yeah. show at the uh, Main Street Crossing. But we have a lot of gigs coming up in 2024. So just uh, check out our website on that. and. It'll pop up. You'll see where you can find us. Okay, people, you oh. heard how busy they are. They got a lot to offer you. A lot of new stuff. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Oh, well, I did want to just. I wanted to mention to all the people out there. I don't know how we do a digital download. How we get that into a stocking on Christmas Eve? But I know there's a lot of young people out there that probably know how to put a digital download into a stocking. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. Probably sitting at your computer, and there's a digital <laughs> stocking hanging from the fireplace. Oh, no, no. And oh, you get yeah. a cute little card. You get a yes. cute little card that says you have a digital download in your right. stocking. We also, oh. we're also quite busy uh, with our Council's podcast. We're up to 115 episodes, weekly episodes that are stay up on demand. You can go to any one of them and check out the guest list. And uh, you, if you listen to all of them, you will hear from all the historians of, about their hit records and everything. It's, it's very cool. So we have that going every Wednesday. A new episode goes up and that is uh, keeping it going, too. And we have our documentary on Amazon Prime. You can find Castle's story uh, on Amazon Prime. We're all over the place and we have a lot going on and we're very happy. Well, About it's it like you're still a teenager. <laughs> you yeah. got all this energy oh. doing all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just those first 20 minutes in the morning trying to get out of the bed. And then I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, once you're up, you're going to go. You yeah, can't sit down again. <laughs> yeah, but for those who love their sound, honestly, there is so much going on. Like they said, just rewind this, get the info, download, go check them out at a concert. And you know something, y'all are living busy lives, so I deeply appreciate you taking the time to come on board and give us an interview today. And we would love to come back and give you an update. Sometime. Yeah, that sounds yes. cool. Yes.
We very much appreciate you giving us an opportunity yeah. to let oh everybody know goodness. what we're up to. I'm the one that's thrilled. You know, I'm the one that was given the opportunity yeah. that you came on and let us in your world a little bit. Awesome. And so and, and let us know when it, let us know when it airs. Let us know when it airs. And we'll, yes, we'll, we'll so, uh, so. get you the link, uh, Bob. And yeah. until next time, uh keep looking up and God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye. Uh,